Are you sick of your current siding? Are your gutters sagging? When it's time to update your home's exterior in the Berks County, Pennsylvania area, turn to Storms Exteriors, LLC. Their siding, gutter, and deck contractors can replace your old features with sturdy new ones you can count on for years to come. Turn your house into a neighborhood showstopper. Contact Storms Exteriors, LLC now to schedule siding installation or seamless gutter services along with free estimates at 610-858-1184 or stormsexteriors.com on the web and also on Facebook at Storms Exteriors LLC. This is Chet with Flow Racing. You're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. another episode of the four wide salute podcast presented by line decker racing engines go check out line decker racing engines on facebook go into your search bar pop in j line decker racing engines see what they have going on uh nice victory from rick walbach last week with a line decker motor and another winner this week which i will get to momentarily on to our breaking news items and i want to kick off on a super positive good note as you guys remember uh Dason Persley had a nasty wreck last year that may have almost ended his driving career because it was that nasty out west. Well, a post went out earlier this week showing that he was hot lapping a winged micro for the first time since that nasty flip. Well, he was going to show up at Coles County on Friday night and just kind of hot lap it, take it easy. He wanted to race and he wanted to race as much as he could. He ran four divisions on Friday night, all of your typical 600 divisions that run at the Tulsa shootout, your outlaw, non-wing, wing, your restricted wing, non-wing. Well, he won them all. He won all features. Then they went off to A24 Speedway last night. This time had to go through time trials. And at the end of the night, won three more features and finished second in the other one. So for the first time back in a car competitively, eight features, seven wins, and a second. So happy to see this guy back in racing and getting back to his normal self. Former guest of the show, but he's a race car driver. He's got a bright future, and I'm happy to see him back. Also on the World of Outlaw late model front, the Kentucky Colonel himself, Steve Francis, has returned to the series this time as a director of competition, working right alongside series director Casey Schumann. USA 100 event from last weekend with the ultimate super late model series that was won by Chris Ferguson down at Virginia Motor Speedway. Well, not so fast. Series director Kelly Carlton reached out to the Ferguson team last Sunday, informing them they were being disqualified. To make a long story short, they were told they could run a specific tire. No one had then came and told them otherwise. They ran that tire. They were DQ'd for running that tire. The series president, a day later, made a post indicating, let's hold up a second here. There's a lot of confusion of what's going on with this. The series president and the Ferguson team are scheduled to meet or call 
to discuss and get to the bottom of this whole situation. So there is more to come. But in the meantime, Russell Irwin was declared the winner. So we will see where this goes in the next week or so. Hoping I have an update for you. Speed Showcase News. Changes were made this past week to the now must-see annual event at Port Royal in October. In the past two years, we saw 200 lap main features. This year, the feature will now be 75 laps. However, we'll still pay 50000 to win. And on to some unfortunate news. Last Sunday night, the racing community lost a legend as Don Kreitz Sr. passed away. Although not a big winner of a lot of events, he was the winner of the 1975 Syracuse Qualifier at the Reading Fairgrounds, but he is the one who started up the Kreitz tradition in running the 69, which is now what we see with Lance DeWeese and Cassidy Kreitz. So condolences going on to the Kreitz family. Also passing away this past week was Gary LeBas, a household name up at the Orange County Ferris Speedway. His son, Jared, is currently competing up there in the sportsman division, so my condolences go on to them as well. On to our results. Starting off with last Sunday, Knoxville 11th Annual Capitani Classic, presented by Great Southern Bank. 9,000 to the winner, Logan Schuhart, your winner over Donnie Schatz and Aaron Reutzel. Devil's Bowl Speedway in Vermont also competed on Sunday. The C.J. Richards Battle at the Bowl, 10,000 to win. The win going to the Flying Squirrel himself, Rocky Warner. On to Monday, Front Row Challenge, Oskaloosa Southern Iowa Speedway, 21,000 to win. Kyle Larson goes back to back over Carson Macedo and Anthony Macri, rounding out your podium. XR Super Series on Monday, Superior Showcase, Gondick Law Speedway in Wisconsin, 20,000 to win. Shane Clanton, your winner over Brandon Overton and Chris Madden. Tuesday saw night number two of the Superior Showcase. Again, 20000 to win. This time, Chris Madden got it done over Shane Clanton and Brandon Overton running out the top three. On to Wednesday, World of Outlaw Sprints kicking off the 61st annual NOS Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's General Stores. This would be the Brandt Professional Agriculture Qualifying Night. 12000 to the winner. Logan Schuhart. Picked up the victory over Donnie Schatz and David Gravel. Thunder Mountain hosted a Dirt Car 358 Modified Touring event on Wednesday. Billy Dunn was your winner. Action Track USA Fair Nationals 50 lapper for the 600 Micros. Timmy Buckwaller getting it done in the Micros. And Billy Pouts Jr. in the Speedsters. On to Thursday, qualifying night number two for the Knoxville Nationals. Again, 12,000 to win. Jacob Allen getting it done over Brad Sweet and Carson Macedo. That is a shark racing sweep of the prelim nights. Congratulations to those guys. After this feature was completed, the top eight rows were set based off of their time trial points that they earned, as well as their feature finishing points. Your top eight rows for the Knoxville Nationals on Saturday were as follows. Row number one. Austin McCarl and Sunshine. Row 2 saw Shots in Gravel. Row 3, Carson Macedo and Larson. Row 4, Brent Marks and Pittman. Row 5, Brad Sweet and JJ Hickel. Row 6, Jacob Allen and PPM. 
Row 7, Justin Sanders and Buddy Kofoid. And row 8, Tasker Phillips and Aaron Reutzel were your locked-in spots. The next 10 guys in points, I believe, were automatically starting in the top five rows of the B-Main on Saturday. The rest went to hard knocks on Friday to re-go through everything again to set the rest of the B, the C's, the D's, the E's. And the top four finishers from Friday would lock themselves into Saturday night's A-Main. We will get to that momentarily. Lucas Oil Late Models on Thursday night, 40th Annual Sunoco North-South 100. Night number one at Florence Speedway in Kentucky was rained out. Lucas Oil MLRA inaugural event, CJ Speedway in Iowa 5,000 to win. Tony Jackson Jr. getting it done over Spencer Dirks and Chris Simpson. Orange County Fair Speedway Thursday night hosted the 103 anniversary race, 17,500 to win. No surprise here, Matt Shepard, your winner over Stuart Friesen and Anthony Perigo. On to Friday's national events, the previously spoken about Hard Knocks. 4,000 to the winner of Hard Knocks. And for the second year in a row, Rico Abreu is your Friday night Hard Knocks winner. Got it done over Kerry Madsen, Sheldon Haudenshield, and Brian Brown. Those four drivers were locked also into the A-Main of Saturday. Lucas Oil Late Models, once again, 40th Annual Sunoco North-South 100. Florence Speedway, they had a Group A feature and a Group B feature. Group A feature went to Hudson O'Neill over Earl Pearson Jr. and Bobby Pierce. And Group B feature, Jonathan Davenport over Dale McDowell and Brandon Overton. Hudson and Davenport both collected $5,000 for their efforts. Lucas Oil MLRA Davenport Speedway, 5000 to win out there in Iowa. This time, Spencer Dirks got it done over Chad Simpson and brother Chris Simpson. On to our local events, Big Diamond Speedway, of course. 410 show, weather was perfect. Crowd was great. Field was great. Had a great night. In the end, Mark Smith was your 410 winner over Jeff Halligan and Freddie Raymer. Modified victory going to first-time winner at Big Diamond Speedway, Loudon Reimer. Finally got the monkey off his back. 602 Crate Sportsman win going to Jordan Henn. And Roadrunner win going to Alex Schofstall. Outlaw Speedway saw Corey Costa getting the modified victory. Ben Feldman in the American Racer Sportsman. And Nick Rary in the Dirt Car Hoosier Sportsman. Darwin Green Sr. picking up the modified win at Penn Can and Brad Weaver in the 602 Crate Sportsman. Albany Saratoga, Mike Mahaney back in victory lane in the Modified, and Chris Jakubiak in the 602 Crate Sportsman. Utica Rome, Matt Shepard picking up his 10th win of the year at Utica, and Matt Janzik, I believe this is now eight in a row for him in the 602 Crate Sportsman. US 13, Jordan Watson getting the victory over Stuart Friesen. Yes, Stu. Made a stop at US 13 at Del Mar, and Jordan Watson was having none of it. Adam White was your 602 Crate Sportsman winner. Accord, King of the Cat Skills, Anthony Prego was your modified winner, and Travis Green with the 602 Crate Sportsman. Afton, Bobby Flood was your modified winner. Ransomville, Matt Williamson 
Back in victory lane once again in the Modifieds, Derek Wagner in the 602 Great Sportsman. Can-Am, Taylor Caprera in the Dirt Car 358 Modifieds, and Tyler Stevenson in the Dirt Car Sportsman. Brewerton, Zach Payne getting the Dirt Car Modified win, and Brandon Carvey in the 602 Crate Sportsman. On to Saturday's national events. And yes, it is time. 61st Annual NASA Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey General Stores. 150000 to the winner. Not going to dive into this much at this moment because, well, you know what today's episode is. But yes, Donnie Schatz was your winner over David Gravel and Logan Schuhart. Lucas Oil Late Models, 40th Annual Sunoco North-South 100, $75,000 to win at Florence Speedway in Kentucky. Jonathan Davenport adding to that massive total this year, getting it done over Brandon Overton and Dale McDowell. Lucas Oil MLRA, Timber City 40, Maquaquita Speedway in Iowa, 5000 to win. Tony Jackson Jr. getting it done over Chris Simpson and Frank Heckenast Jr. Ultimate Super Late Model Series Dirt Track Throwback Lakeview Motor Speedway in South Carolina. 5000 to the winner. Zach Mitchell getting it done over Ben Watkins and Ethan Wilson. Mars Racing Series Shady Hill Speedway in Indiana. Jason Fager with a last corner, last lap pass on Ryan Unziker for the win. Unziger hung on for second, and McKay Wanger rounding out the podium. On to our local events. Yesterday, Grandview Speedway, Forrest Rogers Memorial, 10,000 to win. Brett Cressley, your winner. And Steve Young, victorious in the Sportsman. New Egypt, Loudon Reimert making it two for two on the weekend in the Modifieds. Ryan Simmons, once again, in the 602 Great Sportsman and Mick Diagostino in the Northeast Wingless Sprints. Bridgeport, Billy Pouch Jr. cashed in on that bounty that was up for Ryan Godown. Jr. was your winner in the Modifieds, Ethan Bill in the 602 Great Sportsman. Orange County, Mount Shepard picking up a big block modified win. Billy V, powered by Line Decker Racing Engines, was your small block modified winner. And Anthony Falangia in the 602 Great Sportsman. Fonda, the first one to wrap up their points. Championship night, Demetrius Drellos, your modified winner. But Matt DiLorenzo hung on for the point title. 602 Great Sportsman, Troy Ziles was your feature winner. Peyton Talbot named your 602 Great Sportsman champion. On to Woodhall, Jake Jinn picking up the modified victory. Levi Riley getting the 602 Great Sportsman win. And Patriot Sprint Tour, Chuck Hebing was your winner over Davey Frannick and Denny Peebles. Five Mile Point, modified victory going to Brian Malcolm. And 602 Great Sportsman win going to Gary Smith. Fulton, Tim Sears Jr. once again in the modifieds. And your 602 Great Sportsman feature winners were Joe Klein and Quinn Wallace. Thunder Mountain Dirt Car 358 Modified win going to Shane Spoonhauer. Open Modified victory going to Alan Barker. And Dirt Car Sportsman win going to Dane Hepland. Lebanon Valley, Olden Dwyer, your big block modified winner. Kim Lavoie picking up the small block modified win. And Kevin Ward in the 602 Great Sportsman. Land of Legends, big block modified win going to Justin Ayers. 
and 602 Great Sportsman win going to Matt Grary. Clinton County, which we don't normally cover, but they also ran a 410 open show, had some 360s and 305s in attendance. Billy Dietrich was your winner over Ryan Smith and Kyle Smith, rounding out the top three. Lincoln, Troy Wagaman picking up the 410 victory. Bill Deal picking up the Central PA Legends win, and Steve Wilbur in the wingless super sportsman. Path Valley hosted the ULMS Late Models. Greg Satterley, your winner over Rick Eckert and Kyle Hardy. Sealands Grove, Dylan Yoder picking up the Super Late Model win. Garrett Bard in the past 305s. And Taylor Farling with the Limited Late Models. Those are your results. On to our upcoming events. Super Dirt. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Get ready if you got Dirt Vision. Super Dirt Car Summer Fast. Monday night, Weed Sport Speedway. Tuesday, Brewerton Speedway. Wednesday, on to Fulton. Thursday, wraps up at Land of Legends. All $7,500 to win. World of Outlaw Sprints, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Agco Jackson Nationals. Jackson Motorplex in Minnesota. 10,000 to win on Thursday, 10,000 to win Friday, and 25,000 to win on Saturday. And just to put this in perspective, 10,000 to win Thursday and Friday is what the green money was in the A main last night at Knoxville. That's nuts. That will also be on Dirt Vision. All Stars Friday, Outlaw Speedway in New York, 8,000 to win Saturday. Utica Rome Speedway up in New York, 10,000 to win. Those will be on Flow. Lucas Oil Empire Super Sprints Monday. Canadian Sprint Car Nationals for 2021. Ashwiken Speedway, Ontario, Canada, 10,000 to win. World of Outlaw Late Models Friday, Williams Grove Speedway, 10,000 to win. Saturday, Battle at the Border. Sharon Speedway out in Ohio, 10,000 to win that as well. Lucas Oil Late Models teaming up with the Comp Cams Super Dirt Series. Friday and Saturday, 30th Annual Comp Cams Topless 100, presented by Nutrien Ag Solutions, Batesville Motor Speedway in Arkansas. Friday's the prelim night. Saturday is the big finale for 50,000 to win. USAC Silver Crown, Friday and Saturday, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 IndyCar Weekend, IndyCar Pole Night on Friday at Worldwide Technology Raceway in Illinois, and Saturday, Bettenhausen 100, Illinois State Fairgrounds. You will not want to miss that. Orange County on Saturday is their big block Final Four, 5,000 to win that. And Friday night on, and Friday night up a big diamond prelude to the coal cracker ten thousand to win. Those are your upcoming events. Those were your results. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash that five star rating button on all your podcast platforms. And of course, a big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown and Company for the support. On to this week's episode. Who else would I call up to talk about sprint cars and what we just witnessed for four nights 
other than Burt Wojcik. Burt and I hash out what went down in Iowa at Knoxville through the prelim nights, through hard knocks, into the finale yesterday, and uh, chime up with some good conversation. Going to leave you guys at that. Got a nice, good episode coming up this week for next weekend. think you guys will enjoy it. And that's all I got for you. So, until next time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown & Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud dirt track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown & Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 Modified, driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses of Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown & Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. On this week's episode of the 4 Wide Slew Podcast, I have my buddy Bert Wojcik with me, and we're going to recap Knoxville Nationals. What an eventful week it was. Uh, boy, I kind of knew what was coming on Saturday, last Sunday already. Um, you know, that Capitani Classic on Sunday, and Donnie was right there. And I'm thinking, this guy has a chance to do it again. And I wasn't wrong. No, you weren't, Casey. But I also didn't really expect him when he fell back to six there at the first half. I didn't think Donnie was going to have enough car at the end. I thought, oh, Donnie's fading. What's going to happen here? But oh, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was I was a lot better than last year when I was out there. So I'm kind of jealous, honestly, that it you know wasn't kind of dominated by Lars. It wasn't dominated by one driver either. It was you know you had Sunshine lead the first half there and. Then gravel leg kind of the middle part of that race, but I, I just watched the highlights here as I'm writing my ten things article too. And to watch Donnie work the bottom like the perfection, that was that was typical Donnie shots. I thought, um, and even the shark boys at the end there too with Logan. I know he was all, I know he was all over Logan, but on uh, Sunday night at the Cappy. But still, I, I didn't think that Donnie was going to be. I thought it was going to be more of a shark week than anything because the way Shark ran on Wednesday night, the way the Shark boys ran on Thursday night. Yep. Um, and they were racing pretty hard last night, but Donnie really kind of came out of nowhere last night after he faded back to six, and it, it was just it was awesome. It, it was t- classic Donnie shots, but this one felt different than the Air 10. It really did. Like, that emotion he showed in victory lane last night, Oh yeah, that got that got to me. That I, I'm not gonna lie, that got to me last night. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, you have your own personal connection there too, and um, you know, with his dad passing away not too long ago, and you know, the one thing I I said to my wife last night after the checkered, I said, you know, this is one of the things where Donnie hasn't been the dominant guy he was ten years ago. He wasn't. No. He's not winning everything anymore. So to see him get to the lead, you could actually enjoy it and actually cheer for the guy because he's not winning everything under the sun. I think. Did you hear the crowd last night? Oh my God! Yeah, they went absolutely ballistic, <laughs> and for good. Went, 
and for good. Oh my god! Yes, for once they were actually. I, I, so last year I got the, the. It was a different feeling out there last year because with um, you know, it's not like your typical Pennsylvania when you come in here. Shots gets food. Obviously, you're kind of close. You're closer to Shots' backyard out there in Iowa, and you're you know you, you have fans from all over the country converge there in Knoxville, but. I was, I found myself, oh, I mean, more over the last couple of years, and I got to know Donnie by, you know, interviewing him and talking to him a little bit, you know, I, I've grown myself to be a Donnie Shots fan, but also, I was cheering for Donnie more last year than I thought I ever would, and this year, to see, I was cheering for him to get the win at Weedsport, to get the win at, um, uh, what else, where do you close there, like, this week here at Knoxville, like, to get around gravel, like, I was pulling for that last night, because, They've been having such a terrible year. It hasn't been good. It's only been like the last couple of weeks that they finally really seem to get the 15 car back rolling. And now, all, I, I don't. I think it's a little too little too late to go get a championship. I could be wrong here, but still, it's the 15 car is rolling, and they could be setting something up for 2023 here. Yeah, I mean, you know, we discussed this last year. I believe it was talking about that Ford motor and give it time, give it time. They're going to get the kinks worked out. They're going to get it figured out. Well, I mean, we all know he's very good at Knoxville, but he definitely showed this week a, a really big resurgence in what he is capable of still doing to this date. Yeah, and do you believe that's his only third World Outlaw win this year? His third win of the year is now at Knoxville Nationals. And that's like I said, man, it's um, you know, it's one of them things where he's not winning as much, so I think people are okay with it, honestly. You know, you probably hear the grumblings, too. I see PA Posse guys that are turning on Macri because he's winning too much. And <laughs> the Larson effect is exactly the same way. Guys don't want to see him continually keep winning. Well, it's always, it always starts with the, you know, the, the Kenzer effect. It kind of started yes. with that where, you know, anybody but Kenzer. And now it's just starting to, like, kind of trickle on down. But now that you start seeing Donnie's, like, he's not being, a, as you said earlier, not being the dominant Donnie. It's kind of refreshing to see him win now, and it's kind of fun. It's giving people a chance to care for him and want to see him win. And it's not the Larson effect, you said. It's not what Macri's doing and how, how he's dominating. But it's also, you, it, when you know the story behind it, like I said earlier, yes, that helps in, entice his story and make it even better and make it a better feel-good story. I, like I said, that emotion last night, it, 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 hit, it hit hard. It hit pretty hard last night yeah. to see that. But it was just, it, you're, you're right. It's good to finally feel refreshed about Donnie Shots win. Yes, yes. I mean, it's the it's the Dale Jr. at the Pepsi 400 mm-hmm. in 2001. It's exactly the same kind of scenario where I don't think anybody in there with a heart didn't want to see that happen. You know, speaking of uh, the Earnhardt effect there, uh, can we talk about Brian Brown, how I that is compared to Dale Earnhardt and Daytona 500, Brian Brown and the Knoxville Nationals? Yeah. Oh, again, Brownie, no luck whatsoever again in Knoxville and had no car last night to even contend for the Knoxville Nationals. What amazes me, and, I, and I've said this before, I think more sprint cars and even late models too, where you look at this field last night, and it is the who's who. It is the multi-A main winners across the board. And there's Brownie getting lapped early. There's mm-hmm. other guys. I get it. You're starting last. I get it. You're starting deep. But you can still beat these guys any day of the week, depending on where you start. But to see guys that are getting smoked so quick, it's like, how do they go week to week where 
did they miss the setup that bad or does this guy have the setup that good and it happens like i said it happens more in late models and sprint cars the field's so deep and so elite and it like it's a head scratcher it is it's such a head scratcher and i like i said i can't wrap my head around like how can him and Lasoski be so good every other week at Knoxville and yet still struggle every single time when it comes to Knoxville Nationals time? I mean, he's in the A-Main almost every single year. But still, I, I, I just can't wrap my head around how it just falls apart like it does every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were so many good stories last night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they made the comment about Sunshine only has one outlaw win, and it's the Kings Royal. And I'm thinking... God, I hope he wins this and never runs an outlaw show ever again. And just be, <laughs> that's it. Yep, I'm good. Three hundred twenty-five thousand. I'm good. You know, he, he looked. I mean, he looked good at the start. I thought it was really good. I thought Sunshine was going to be one of the guys to fight there. He faded back to fourth. Um, even Austin McCarl. I was really impressed with Austin McCarl at the start. Of that I, I, I didn't even know. Like that. So this is the thing about the format too in Knoxville is that. It's so hard to keep track of it and see who is the top points guy and who is going to be the guy that's going to be really the um, the one that's going to lead to the poll then until you get done with the feature on Thursday night. Normally with the Chili Bowl, you can kind of keep track with that a little bit better with the passing points and all that other stuff. But Austin McCarl, I didn't even know he was even close to being part of the being high point, man. There he goes, set some pole, and he ran pretty well until that tire went, uh, went uh, blew up on him. He was the one that... Out of the top 10 starting spots, I'm thinking, who's going to be the one that slowly fades back? Not because he's bad, just because the rest are that good. And he was not going away. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he lost a spot here. He lost a spot there. Um, up and until the open red and, you know, that tire, just whatever. But um, I thought for sure he was going to be the one that was going to fade back quicker. And he was just fighting and just nope i'm not gonna go away you guys probably want me to go away and i'm not gonna go away and that was yeah. uh that was very impressive i will say and it, it almost felt like watching his old man out there with uh, his terry out there yep. it, he's learned a lot from his old man and running knoxville weekly helps a lot he is he's definitely coming to his own i feel like um i you know I, i'm not quite sure where how many wins he has in knoxville on the top of my head this year but they are definitely showing that they're a strong enough team and that they can run with these guys. And that tire didn't go down. You're looking at a top 10 run for Austin McCarl last night. Absolutely. There's no way, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He would have, he would have definitely hung in there. One win this year at Knoxville he has, but you know, and give it another year or two and you're going to see his brother doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Carson, Carson's not too many steps behind. No, no, not at all. No, um, you know, and then to add to, you know, the feel good stories you brought up shark racing, I I couldn't believe how fast Logan got himself through that field last night. And honestly, I didn't realize Jacob was still hanging around. And then again, the second part of that race, here he comes doing his thing on the bottom like he always does. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking at the lineup here right now. Logan came from 17th to 3rd. And Jacob came from 11th to 5th last night. It's it, They were charging hard, super hard last night. Yeah. Um, they, what a week for those guys. I mean, you started off with the Capitani, um, but Logan holding off Donnie, and then the whole thing with Logan going in, winning on Wednesday night. Yeah, sure, he started on the pole, but he still had to hold off Donnie's shots, which is still a feat in itself at Knoxville. 
Um, but still had to go through the B main. We'll, I, we'll get into format in a minute. Right? But uh, right now, it's we're gonna feel good here about Shark and Jacob. Uh, that was fun on Thursday night. Watch Jacob go out and win there, and it, it felt like you know we. I think we talked about it earlier in the year that the tides of Shark are changing. That it's no longer Logan be the dominant car. Mm-hmm. It's Jacob, but J- Logan's starting to get their feel, and Ron and the boys here on the 1S team are really starting to get going right now, and it showed this entire week how good they have been. But Jacob, that, that's just such a feel-good story right now. To see the, the kid, how much he's struggled over on the road the last couple of years, and to have that 1A car, the throwback car to his uh, dad, Bobby Allen, in victory lane on and it was just something that that was just so cool to see and who thought that when they first went on the road not even just you know when they first went on the road 10 years ago but even let's say five years ago that jacob allen will be in victory lane in knoxville national or at, uh during the prelim night of the knoxville nationals i don't think anyone even saw that no i don't think so you know the pool i got in i don't think anyone picked him to win on thursday and you know i Jacob has those niches with those certain st- style tracks that he's really good at. Those three eighth, third mile type tracks, you know, he's really good on those. And I just wasn't picking him to be a strong contender on a big half mile. Well, his half mile program's gotten better this year. I mean, he ran, he was running up front of the Grove on uh, during the Morton Cup. Yep. Um, and obviously this year at Knoxville ran pretty well. Yeah, uh, when he went up at Cedar Lake, okay, that's a thir- three-eighth mile. You know, it kind of fits his wheelhouse here. But their half-mile program on the 180 is not that bad right now. No, no. And, you know, when when they hit the road together, we knew from being around here what Logan's been able to do. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen him progress. Jacob was kind of the, okay, well, we can't leave him at home. We're going to bring a second car. And no knock on him. I just think that was a scenario everyone saw. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't exclude him, so let's bring him with. And, you know, he's quietly worked himself to where he's at. And I love it. His interviews are freaking great, too, because they are. he, I told Derek, I said, this guy sounds like he just was on the beach and just hit a massive tidal wave and was hang 10, dude. Like, he's so <laughs> chill, so um, n- not your typical race car driver. He's not. No, he's not, and he's such a down-to-earth dude. And humble. He's really sh- humble, yes. Humble, down-to-earth, and he's showing his maturity right now, the way he's driving, how much more he's learned about the car and how how he's making the car work to his advantage instead of trying to fight the car all night. It's just, it is so nice to see what Jacob Allen has been able to do this year. And to get the win on um, Thursday, on Thursday night, that was, you know, it was it's showing that the progress that they're making and as i said his maturity level is going up and you know his interviews are so great i i had so much fun interviewing him when he went out lincoln and uh, i gotta get him on my show uh, we gotta get him on there to get because uh, i'm sure it'll get wild with him on there and, you know, it, it can always get well i mean any of the shark boys you get on there they get a little loose you know you go have some fun with them and uh for that whole team to have the week they had though that that is a feel good week for those guys yeah, ab absolutely. Um, you know, Larson, of course, doing Larson things. We know he started sixth, but cutting that tire down or exploding, whatever you want to call it, I thought no longer a factor. Got himself all the way back up to sixth through again that field of cars and made it look so easy. So as I'm leaving Clinton, or Clinton County last night, when Larson blew the tire. 
Wade Unger said, if there's anyone that can do it, it'd be Kyle Larson. And I looked, I looked at how many laps ago, and there was 40 laps ago. And I'm like, you know what? Wade's not wrong. Nope. I texted, I texted my friend Alexa about it. I'm like, you know, um, Wade, Wade, what Wade just said, he is not wrong. And sure enough, he was not wrong. Larson, he got it back up to six where he started from. What's that saying though? Would he be fighting with sun, with sunshine and gravel and shots for the win? Let's remind. Let's let's go back here for a second. Larson got around shots too with forty laps to go and faded shots back to six at one point during this race. Correct. So, you know, it it's what would that done for Larson then to get back up to six? I mean, we saw what he did on Thursday night. His qualifying night came from seventeenth or twenty first from the B main up into what third? I think it was twenty second. To fourth, fourth, fourth okay. or fifth, fourth, yeah. fourth or fifth. Um, yeah, he, it was it was top five run, and he did it quick. Yeah, oh, super quick. Like I looked at the ticker, and I'm like, oh, he's the start twenty first. Oh, five laps in, he's already up to fifteenth. All right, well, here he comes, and Larson doing Larson things, as you said, Casey. Yep, yep. And if a yellow was to come out late in that one when he got where he did, because there was a huge gap between him and Macedo. A mm-hmm. huge gap. He was going to have to make up a lot of ground really quick, and that's just that's too much real estate. Had a yellow come out, we might have seen a completely different scenario play out, which would have also changed what this lineup was for last night, and may have definitely changed the outcome of that feature, hands down. Oh, absolutely. And I, well, I even hit tire last night changed the outcome of that feature too. I mean, let's say you know while Larson's out front, that tire does explode. I mean, that's yep. that's something that. You know, yeah, you take care of your tires, but still, with the way Hoosiers have been this year and how many Hoosiers we saw explode last night, that tire was going to explode at some point last night. That was so, very, that was very strange last night. Uh, who else had one explode? Larson, Austin McCarl, Macedo. His went flat. Yeah. His went flat. Yeah. His didn't explode, but oh yeah, it was. Uh, then you know, I think everyone's starting to think, okay, who's his next? Who's his next? Who's his next? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and it sucks too. You know, Macedo ended up 17th, but he had a really good car too. He was a top five car until that happened. And unfortunately mm-hmm. for him, it happened too late. And right in front yeah. of him, Austin McCarl. There it is. Those two guys would have definitely uh, had a real good finish last night, to say the least. The one thing that caught me off guard last night too was, of course, you know, we knew where Logan started. We knew where he finished. 14 spots. That's incredible. And did not win the hard charger. No, no, that went to, was it Sheldon, I think it was? I'm looking at it here, yeah. Sheldon went 20, 23rd, 23rd to 8th, 15 spots. Just yeah. missed that hard charger for Logan. That was crazy. But there again, who's thinking two guys are going to go 14 or more spots against that field? Yeah, seriously. I, uh, I, well, that's also, too, you look at the way Knoxville's been all week, too. And last night I thought was probably the best track of the week. I didn't get to see much of Friday, and I don't think any of us did. No. Um, but, I, like, I mean, hard knocks night. It's kind of one of those nights, all right, you kind of throw it away because you know, all right, you got four guys going in from 20, 21st to 24th. So, you know, it's kind of kind of a throwaway night in a way because it doesn't have that full ex- – I mean, it does have that excitement to it, but it just – I don't know. There's something about hard knocks night that I, it, it's just meh to me. But, um, yeah, Sheldon – I'll let you take that up with one Rico Abreu. Uh, yes, I will. I will because that is though. his night to shine. That's his third. That's his third qualifying night. He owns it. But that's a problem if you have to own Hard Knocks night, though. That I know. is a problem in a way. I mean, and Rico, he even came from third or twenty first to thirteenth last night too. So top fifteen run for Rico. Um, 
But still, the track itself, was the whole week, it was weird. But last night, it was better than what I expected to be in the feature. Last year, towards the end, it started to rubber down. I remember that, because that was kind of until shots went up there and found the high side, but I think about six to go. But everyone at Larson was down on the rubber on the bottom. Um, but this year, they finally had it, where you have three lanes of racing. But um, I, I wonder if it was starting to clean up and rubber up on the bottom a little bit, the way shots flew around gravel towards the end there. But still, it was such a weird week for the track. It was, but it progressed in a good way. It did. It, that yeah, that was a big time deal. It progressed in a good way. It really did. Yeah, the way I mean, the way they had it soaked on Wednesday night. I know Pork and I we were watching outside here, and he, we just couldn't get over how wet it was to start on Wednesday night. And I'm like, well, this is not going to end well at all because nobody's going to be able to pass. And it showed very well. And then all of a sudden, Twitter's lighting up with how terrible the format is. And when you have tracks like that, I agree with it. But when you have a track like you could have last night or Thursday night, format's not so bad then. No, I mean, I think it it took shape after everything was said and done. I think uh, there's probably a couple of guys I thought would have been in it that weren't. You know, no one was expecting Austin McCarl to be on the pole, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But I think there wasn't really a whole lot of, I cannot believe this guy didn't make it. Um, for me, that guy was Macri. And and yes. based, based in was probably my second that I was pretty certain was going to lock themselves in pretty well. Um, maybe even through Wednesday and Thursday and not even have to go through hard knocks. But um, those things happen. They do. The one guy I was very surprised that turned his program around the the whole week was Kerry Madsen from mm-hmm. DNSing the C main on his qualifying night to locking in through hard knocks. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Kerry had a, a tremendous rebound there on, um, for our Friday night there. I mean, yeah, it was, it was so weird too. Cause like they were having so many problems on, on what was his qualifying night was when Thursday night just couldn't get it really going. And then as you said, locked in and hard knocks goes 22nd to 15th. So nice little run there for Kerry and the 83 junior team. Um, yeah, Macri surprised me by not making it for how hot he's been. And he didn't look terrible during the Capitani. No. So I, it was just, I think there was just a lot, lot of talent out there and some guys just got to go home but what was it on thursday night one spot out of the uh making the uh feature on or qualifying into the feature from the heat one spot out on the b main for making it in uh it it was just he was just one spot short every single night this week it was uh, you got to feel for the kid to drive all that way out there and what they've done over last year but they're coming back in the central pa they'll be loaded for bear coming up here because we got our own month of money coming up here very soon well we have all-stars coming up uh in the area they're gonna be up at uh where are they gonna be friday they're at utica on saturday i think then they're at outlaw friday Um, i'll tell you one second outlaw waitsport is that your final answer I'm going to say Lee Sport. Outlaw. Wow. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Close. So I would not be surprised if he does not attend those. And then we all know what's coming uh, very soon as the, the Tuskies right around the corner, not too far away. Um, but yeah, and, and adding two surprises, I, I would love to know what the Vegas odds were that PPM was on a quick time on Wednesday and Tasker Phillips on Thursday. <laughs> uh, probably like 10,000 to one. I didn't have that. No, I mean, I PPM Wednesday night. Okay, all right, so Wednesday night, PPM goes out early, says quick time. All right, whatever. But nobody had Tasha Phillips in quick time. I sure as hell did. No. Um, that was a fun little story to have. And he went out early, too. 
Mm-hmm. Very early, yeah. Well, that's also true on the fact of where on Thursday night the track was still not where it should have been mm-hmm. on Thursday night as well, where it still it faded off, it faded off, and then it was still hard to pass. And it took until the third heat where the, feet, or the track finally came in on Thursday night for the first time in two nights. Um, but no, I, I, and by the way, you got to feel bad for PPM. Oh, that boy, you know. Everyone's just, I mean, we're not, I don't want to really discuss on it, but everyone's cheering for him this week. You know, you, you heard the crowd last night. And to end the week like that, I mean, that is just the shittiest way to end your week in Knoxville. Yeah, well, and, and watching the wreck happen, I thought Hickle was in trouble because Hickle lost his front wing, his top wing. Yes. That thing was destroyed. PPM had a top wing that was crunched up a little bit, but didn't look too bad. Um, I will comment on it. His family must have reached out on some platform and he does have fractures in the c7 and t5 but oh yeah that 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 that, that you can comment on yeah he, that, he is, oh yeah we're not talking about the other thing yeah uh, <laughs> that that's a behind the the closet door thing we want to talk about um but yeah yeah we ain't throwing punches on that one yeah he's um so he does have something going on and but he is alert you know and in that regard he just has some more recovery time on top of what he's already been through, but he's uh he's a strong one. He'll pull through. He will. That boy, that, that boy needs some luck, man. I, you know, you you have everything that's been going on with the you know the leukemia and you know to go through what you know everything that went on this week here, and you lock you get into Knoxville Nationals, and that's the way it ends. That's just that's terrible for BPM. Hopefully, you get some luck here. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't even catch a replay to see what really started it either. There was no replay. There was no replay. They were nose to they were nose to tail because he started twelfth and Hickel was tenth. So, uh, someone something about they someone got into Pittman's rear tire or something, mm-hmm. and Pittman started eighth. So that makes some kind of sense there, but there was no replay to. To even see what really caused it, but um, I couldn't believe they didn't really show replay either. I mean, I thought they normally they do, but I was kind of weird that they did last night. But I guess for good reason too. You didn't really know what was going on. PGM, true, but true, very, very true. I, I give, I'll give their vision that credit. That was good on their vision for you know, you know, thinking of the driver and all that, making sure that he's all right. Yep, yep. There's been some nasty ones in turns one and two at Knoxville over the years. We didn't need to see anything worse. So, uh, no, correct. Um, speaking of Pittman, very impressive. The Hefner car we know has won a qualifying night there with Mr. Hodnett behind the wheel. Hasn't really been the same since. Let's be honest. Ryan Smith will even agree. It hasn't been the same since. Mm-hmm. Um, Pittman not running full time this year or last year. Runs his one-offs here and there. Ran the full, but he ran the 360s too, right? He ran both. I believe he did. Did, yeah, did I yeah, think so. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. To lock himself in to start in the top ten of the A and salvage a tenth place finish, I think he's happy with that. I I agree. I I think so. You know, for Pittman not being in the car that well or that long, I think that's fantastic because nobody sees guys go to car to car and they don't really perform that well. And in a way, it was kind of shocking too for how the Hefner car hasn't been up to snuff, as you said, like with Greg and all that, to go out there and get a top 10 run. For somebody who's barely in the car, like, and the car's only been out, what, maybe 
two or three times since uh, Borden got out of it. Yeah. So it's really kind of it's uh, shocking to me in a way, but another one of those feel good stories we were talking about. Yeah, it's almost like they're in limbo on what they're really looking to do with their with their program. That's what it seems to me. Well, Hector's going to have a car, but I, I almost feel like too that with Mike. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things going on in Mike's life, you know, with right. the multiple racetracks he has. And so right. maybe run that part-time schedule may not be the bad thing for them. And then they can maybe, fo- he can focus on different things, take that off his plate just every now and then. And maybe that might put a little bit more, you know, maybe that, that knockdown thing that he can do and get back to be, you know, that 27 car that we all know, and maybe just on a part-time schedule. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it's no secret. He works with Jerry Parrish at Lincoln. Um, and we know what Parrish is doing with the 21 premier car now. And it's, it's a special ride now. It, it's almost like a Swindell type car where it'll pop up here and there with a, a surprise driver behind the wheel. And I think maybe, maybe we'll see something to that extent in the future. Who knows? But with them also partnering with the Bill Gallagher ride with Briggs, that's also, you know, dedicating some of his, time and, and commitment that way too yeah definitely i i think that you know there's a lot on as we said hefner's plate between everything down at lincoln everything up you know with uh doing the hefner car or not the hefner car with uh, kurt and then with briggs and there's a lot of mike's plate and plus his own his own job too with um the lelands.com as well so there's a lot going on there but hopefully you know We'll see that 27 car a little more than we saw the 21 car. Speaking of the 21 car with Paul McMahon, was it this weekend's his last race? I think it is. Uh, I believe so. I believe yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be weird not to see Paul's on the wall anymore. Yeah, but you did touch on, you know, seeing someone hop in a car that hasn't been in it and being successful. You know, uh, I'm sitting here with a stress ball in my hand that's blue, and when you press on it, it shows pink. And that reminds me of a picture I sent you on Wednesday uh-huh. of this Wendell car, which did win best appearing car, rightfully so, I think. Yes, I agree. And I do think second and third were respectable finishes for Macedo's sweet looking cold trickle car, I called it. How come nobody's done that before? I just don't I don't get why it took until twenty twenty two for that for a cold trickle car to come out and on the spring car side. I don't get it. And of course, Sheldon had the bright orange going. They were badass rides. Justin mm-hmm. Sanders. So I remember having a conversation with um, with Jeremy from Sprint Car Limited when we were mm-hmm. at the EMPA banquet Friday night, and we were arguing over where we can watch the best sprint car racing in the country. And he said, and rightfully so, he had a great argument. Do not overlook california yes it's mm-hmm. a lot of 360s but there's a lot of talent a lot of young talent out there it's no longer the catings that rule the world and mm-hmm. justin sanders is one of them guys and he finally got an opportunity in a very very good piece and locked himself into the a main yeah I, I i i was kind of surprised on that too because that's when the car who was in the last year Bell or Basin was in that last year? Was it Basin? I think it was Pittman. Yes, it was Pittman, yeah. Um, yeah, so no car, you know, it's had a couple different drivers in it this year. Um, and it really, I, I don't know if it's been up to snuff, but Sanders impressed the hell out of me this week. I mean, the kid looked good. And I, I know Elliot's, um, he's always been that, that guy for California. 
always been that you know always pulling the California guys, but he's not wrong. No, California has some really really good racers out there, and don't don't knock the three sixties. Any anyone, nobody ever knocked the three sixties because no. I, I mean, I may be a little biased right now, but I think the three sixties might be some of the best racing in the country. Not only just with you know out there in California, but even with us at the URC, I mean, we even put on some bangers with URC in the 360 class. So 360s are nothing to laugh about. Uh, I know we're in 410 dominant country and everyone worries about the 410s, but the 360s are right up there with the competitiveness of the 410s. And the talent that's out there in California, as you said, it was dominated so long by the Cadence. But now you're seeing these guys, um, well, that's where Buddy Kofoy came out of, I believe, out of California there. I mean, obviously through the major ranks, but he came up there through um, with the... uh, um, let me see here. Uh, so it came up, uh, I believe it was with Bud, er, uh, Bernie in the Indy Race Cars car yep. um, out there. And so he's one of those guys that come from California. Obviously, Larson's one of those guys that came, came and grew up from California. Rico, um, Goldberg. Uh, there's, there's somebody else from out of California right now. The Celsies. Uh, um But there's another one. I can't think. Carrick's are out there. Carrick, yeah, Tanner, yeah, Tanner Carrick. Yeah, that's one. Um, there's another one. I can't think of his damn name. What am I trying to think up here? It's going to come to me when we get off the phone. I guarantee you it's going to come. Willie Croft's out there. Willie Croft, that's it. Willie Croft, yes. Yeah, there's this, you know, and I noticed that watching, you know, the uh, the Skagit race that was going on the other month for 50 grand to mm-hmm. win that, that Sunshine won. There's just a ton of talent, and it's a lot of young stuff. Copeland's running them. Uh, both yep. the Vicino boys are running them. So they're going that route where, as what we're used to seeing is guys going from, you know, the midget right into a 410. Out there, it's a lot of midget and wingless stuff right into a 360, not necessarily a 410, which I think might be a a hidden trick because maybe you do need to get that little bit of progression in between, which we do see now more on the East Coast with the USAC East Coast deal, I think. A lot of those micro guys want to go wingless stuff. They don't want to put a wing on right away. And that's a step they're taking. But, you know, I, I'm just looking at this field of all these guys that are from out there. I mean, you have Larson, you have Sweet, Kofoid, Rico. Uh, Madsen's been running out there all year, too. You have all these guys that are coming from that West Coast. And it is, I, I think it's the next wave we're going to see is going to be a lot of California guys. I agree. I, I think the next wave is going to be the California guys. Um, you know, well, it's already starting to happen too, as you said, but those names you listed off there. Um, California is a real hotbed for racing. Now, how much more race is going to happen in California? It's so weird with how, you know, everyone, you know, this is California and all that, but yeah, how much of a hotbed for racing it is and how environmental and all that they are. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, um, it's definitely interesting to see how big of a, of a hotbed for racing is out there on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you know, it was just a stout field, all in all, all week long. We will get into that format though. Um, you know, I go through it as a race director because I I don't go off a three week average to do my invert. Mine's based off of points, and that means that yes, if one of our top guys has a bad night, they might not advance their starting spot in their heat races because of that. It's still off the points. Well. We kind of saw what happens here at Knoxville with kind of the same type of idea or concept. Eight invert out of a 10 car heat. That is insane on a Wednesday night at Action Track. That's insane on a Friday at Diamond. That's insane anywhere. And then you do it against 
arguably the 110 best sprint cars in the country. That's hard. And then let's put in a track that, look, it's heat racing. It's heavy. It's just what it is. It never blew off. It never got to where it needed to be on Wednesday. It, you know, we talked, it wasn't until midway through Thursday's heats that it turned. Um, it's hard as hell. They don't make it easy on you, Casey. I mean, it's the biggest sprinter race in the world. It, they, they don't make it easy on you. In a way, I like it, but you also got to have the track to match it. Now, if it rains, that's a different story. It did not rain on Wednesday. So, that being said, that's on Knoxville. That right. is entirely on Knoxville for what they did that track on Wednesday night. But, now, um, we look at Thursday night when it started to finally work itself in and get itself better. It's this is where I feel like you need to put some passing points in there. And I saw Keith Harrell mention it, and I think it's probably one of the, be- the best formats they have in the area. The Wiker format is probably one of the best formats in the area, without a doubt. You have the passing points, but you have that invert too that you know it rewards you for going out to racing or going out racing. But this format here, it doesn't hurt you to tank. Right. So then I brought that up too. Like, are there guys who? are letting off a little bit or maybe not pushing the envelope because screw the quick time. I'll take 10th or 15th quickest. I'll take what you give me points wise for that, but I'll start a row up from where I would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that in a way, but in a way it, it does remote you to take, but then it hurts you throughout the rest of the week, though, if you tank qualifying a little bit. Look, there's no secret. Every driver that runs any type of point deal or anything like this where there's some kind of scenario that plays out, there is every one of them is trying to figure out, is there a way to put myself in an advantage? Mm-hmm. Perfect example yeah. of that. If you anyone's watched those drinknos.com videos where they put all the NOS guys together to do those like uh, stunt things, and yeah. Sheldon just took the penalty on one of those tasks and just said, screw it, we'll take the whatever second penalty it was because it's not going to hurt us in the end. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, what'd you... That's the mentality. Is Is there some way I can finagle this to my advantage? And I'm curious if anyone actually tries to do that. Well, nobody's ever going to make that. Well, no, to do of that. course not. No one's ever. But of course, not. I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe they might. They might try to. But it's you're never going to know the real answer to that, Casey. That's that's the thing. You're never going to know the full answer to it. You're never going to know if somebody's going to be out there tanking or going to be doing, you know, trying to, everyone's manipulating stuff. Let's be honest here. They will always try to manipulate. They will always try and find their way. It's the game. Get the, it's the game. Yes. Yeah, so you got, it's, it's all about the game. And, you, and that's how you got to know how to play it. I tried to pull a triple H reference there and it did not work. out. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, you know, it's just something to think about, you know, not the, I don't think the average fan thinks about this kind of stuff, but the positions that you and I are in, that stuff runs through our head. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're always thinking about, you know, how is somebody going to manipulate that? Especially when you look at it from the 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 backside of things here, which a lot of people don't look at it that way. Right. I mean, they're not going to because they don't want it. But if they actually did, I mean, the world would be kind of a scarier place than if they did. Yeah, I'm just curious if that plays in. I mean, I'm if there's a format out there that I am a super big fan of, I love the BC39 format because you create your own destiny, mm-hmm. and 
I'm a super big fan of Eldora. I would change one thing with that Wheel of Death, and I would take the zero off of it. But that's just me. But I love the format because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what that invert's going to be until they spin that wheel. And that's the best thing about it is that I, I like it when they do a redraw. I like it when they do a a, a wheel of death or wheel of death, wheel of destiny, whatever you want to call it. Right. It it it's it well it can be a wheel of death if you pull the not put an eight on there. It definitely is a wheel of death then, but right. it all depends on what the track is then. But I I feel like when you have a format like this, you got to put passing points up. If we're gonna pull an invert with an eight, you got to put passing points up. I, I mean, I, again, it's just okay. So back to back to a Friday night. And our point leader starts eighth in the heat race. Okay, that's fine. But most case scenario, that means that your weaker guys or your slower guys are up front. Mm -hmm. Well, in this situation, you're talking about 110 of the best sprint cars out there. There ain't no slouch that's on the pole. Oh, there's not. You got to pass. I think that's where our shots or shoe hearts are on the pole on on Friday night or Thursday night, I think it was, or Wednesday night, sorry, Wednesday night. Shuhart was. was on the pole on Wednesday night because he timed that bad. Yes. Um, but he won his heat race because he started towards the front. Mm-hmm. So he got rewarded in a sense because all these high point guys, you know, as you and I talked about it, it was the first eight heat races. They didn't transfer. The no. Eight starting spot did not transfer. Um no. And that's that's where Tasker Phillips kind of got screwed by where he yes. went out to time. Yes, he did get rewarded for his quick time, but that's kind of a kick in the pants because now he is starting eighth behind other guys that went out later and the track was not progressing. So that just puts you where it puts you. Yeah, exactly. It puts you where it puts you, and you just got to live and die by that format. Now, I mean, it did work out for Tasker, though, because he did make it into the A-Main on um, Thursday Thursday night. But still, uh, that was through the B, as well as he made it into the A-Main for Saturday night as well. Um, So it showed that, all right, you can still go out there, come through the B, and still get enough points throughout the whole thing. But I I also feel like if you're going to do that, as I said about that, too, you got to put passing points up. You, you got it. If you're going to start that big of an invert, I know you got they make it difficult on you, but there's going to be some kind of passing points up there. Yeah, either that or like an invert of six would make more sense to me. I think so, too. Yeah, but I, I also do like the eight because then it makes it a little more challenging. Oh, I, I, I love I love it when it makes it challenging, but it is so hard to pass in heat racing. I don't care where you're at. It is so hard to pass in heat racing anymore. Yes, yes. But no, all in all, it was a great week. I mean, it, like I said, it progressed for the better all all week long. For them starting this show at 9 o'clock our time each night, they were still done before midnight. I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't dick around like some other events and tracks do. I <laughs> was very... I don't know, I even direct not anyone i just know others do um i know oh i, I know I, too buddy i um i appreciated that i really did especially for you know a school night that was great um the one cool thing though i do want to say did you see what happened at i believe it was two o'clock this morning i did, oh was that with kenzer and uh shot yes that that's yes, not I the did. greatest thing ever shots does all of his photos kissing babies shaking hands Signed every autograph he could. 
He goes back to the trailer and there is the man he basically kicked out of the sport by beating his ass so many times and Steve Kinzer, the legend himself, uh, was there to congratulate him and waited until he was done everything else and congratulated him on the win. I thought that was absolutely incredible. It's a, a goat move at the goat himself. I mean, you have the jet, you have the dominant guy of the 80s and 90s, and then you have the dominant guys of the 2000s meeting each other right there. I mean, these are the two guys that started our love affair for sprint cars. It started our, you know, we're the dominant guys, and there they are shaking hands at this. It's it's so awesome. I, I thought that was such a cool moment. And Shots was filming his fire suit too at that time. Yes. I, if you notice that, he's yes. still in the fire suit. Yes, which we now know wearing white on Saturday, probably not a good idea because that thing was nothing near close to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> nope, but it's, it's still, it's still, it's still before Labor Day, so you can still wear white. Correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, no, that was, that was such a cool moment. Uh, you know, we're talking, that's the Earnhardt to Petty, that's the Gordon to, to Earnhardt comparison there. That's such a mutual respect. That's the greatest stuff we like to see. Um mm -hmm. And then I guess, you know, the one last thing to touch on, uh, McKenna Hassey won the best appearing helmet. I love it. I love it. I, I thought it was great. I, I love that Calvin does this stuff. I, I think that the stuff he puts up is phenomenal. Him and his wife, Jan, uh, do a phenomenal job for everything to do with the sport. And Calvin's such a fun guy. And uh, to do what they do, um, and it gives guys incentive, like, hey, let's be creative for the biggest race of the year. And you don't see that in air sport. You don't see that in air track, really. NASCAR doesn't do that. No. It's only in sprint car races. It's only at the Knoxville Nationals that it happens. And I would like to see it maybe happen, you know, maybe Doc Calvin do something for Tuscarora or something like that sometime. Or National Open. Let's, you know, get these guys to be creative. There's some beautiful works of art out there. NASCAR has the best opportunity to do a best-appearing car, and that's Darlington when they all go throwback. Mm -hmm. That's yes. the perfect opportunity to do it. Um, it just and, and it just adds something special. I, look, I was waiting for hot laps on Wednesday and Thursday because I wanted to see what rolled out on the track. We all mm -hmm. saw pictures. I wanted to see what it looked like under those lights. And by the way, Knoxville, Musco lighting, congratulations. Fantastic. That was absolutely amazing to watch those drone shots of the four wide salute. And that thing is, you could probably sync that thing to a DJ. Those yes. lights are absolutely insane. I love the lights around the inside that shine up the poles under I yellow or green. That is, oh my God. It was like. Now, I don't think they go green. I don't think that they did go green when during the initial starts and restarts. Yes. But I think they turned them off. Correct. Then, which I kind of, I wish they didn't. I think it's a bad, I also, I, I like that too, because I feel like it's a safety thing too, that, all right, they can see the green light too, but I also like that they go yellow. Yes. So a little yes. bit more because then you can see down the inside too, it's, and you have more of those lights around the track than just a couple so uh, freaking cool. lights around there. It's it is. so they, freaking cool. That's the plus, or the plus of having a fair board there that they have this, and also having the richest sprint car race in the world there. Right. That you have this money that they can go and do that. And Musco lightings are awesome. I, I, I mean, I we saw what they done for not only for Port Royal but for Grandview, and now you see. I mean, they had him at Knoxville. They've always had them in Knoxville since, you know, God, the TNN days when they were there. But it's not Musco Lions are the must have. For they they just put them in, if I'm not mistaken, like a week before the 360 Nationals kicked off. I believe so. Yes. And you're risking it there because, well, if you have a major problem, what are you going to do? Um, but the team they had put them in, that was wow. Those things yeah. were badass. Musco's knows what they're doing. 
Bosco knows what they're doing. As to the event, that's all that it comes it down does. to. But, uh, it really does. Yep. Any uh, last notes before we wrap this thing up, bud? How about this weekend? Let's talk about this weekend a little bit in Central PA. We had a fun weekend, didn't we? Well, we, we weren't in Central PA. I don't know about you, but I wasn't in Central Sorry, PA. Sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. We were in the scoop butt on Friday night and then Clint Connie on Saturday night. That's better. How about that? Correct. Uh, I was <laughs> so thankful for the weather turnout. Uh, we finally got to see what a true turnout of fans and uh, drivers were. I was impressed with the amount of guys that did show up that I didn't even know were coming. Um, you know, it was just a great turnout, a great Rand show. Not patting myself on the back, but no, it went very smoothly. Um, guys were happy. They, I made sure I thanked them all for coming. They were so appreciative. They are looking forward to see what's next coming up next year. Um, just a great turnout. I was surprised that three 358s on, on Friday, that meant we had 24 410s. And then you guys had a great turnout at Clinton County. And if I'm not mistaken, there was only eight of the same guys from the night before. Basically, yeah, they had a completely different field up there at Clinton County. I think the only guys that really showed up both nights were both Mark Smith, uh, Ryan Smith, um, Borden. Else was up there from the night? Borden, yeah, Borden. Billy. Um, Billy, yep. Yeah. Um, other than that, there weren't Oh, Bishop. Bishop was another one. There weren't too many. Everyone else kind of went down to Lincoln, or they just kind of took the night off, it seemed like. I mean, it was too, it showed that racing in Central PA is still strong, even with everything going on. And two tracks that don't perform very rarely, I should say, and you have 27 and 26. Yes. I, and most of the fields were four tens. Last night, a little more predominant 360, which, by the way, congrats to Kyle, or Kyle Smith. 360 got third last night. Yes. But Billy Dietrich was, oh, that was such a fun win last night. And also, you got to give a shout out Mark Smith. He just dominates big diamond in the sprint car, doesn't he? When it comes to 360, 410s, he just dominates that place. Uh, this year anyways. He's got that thing under lock and key. If it's not Robbie Stillwagon or it's not Davey Frannick, it's Mark Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I thought... What car was he in last night? So he ran his M1, but the, he ran a 55 wing on top of it in honor of Phil Walter. Okay, uh, cool. Back when Phil Walter ran the car. Cool. So that was a neat little deal there for Phil and his family, and uh, I got to thank them and for allowing me to be part of that event. I got to thank you for allowing me to be part of your event at Big Diamond as well. By the way, I do ask for a longer cone leash next time because uh, <laughs> I, I feel like you're trying to kill me on Friday night. It's so funny. Jake showed up at Grandview last night, believe it or not. He was in the grandstands for the first time and got eons. Um, and he, he looks over at me and he goes, boy, Bert's got some stones. I'm like, we talking about, it? he goes, uh, that, that wasn't a very long leash on that cone. I said, look, that, that was not intended to be that way. <laughs> I, I was, uh, under a false pretense of what that cone was for. And I was mistaken, but Bert still said, screw it. I'll do it. We'll be fine. And uh, God rest your soul. <laughs> oh, my God. I, so, Mer, so I look up at the flag stand. I'm looking at Merkel like, all right, how close do you want me? Because I was going to put it back a little bit, you know, give him a little bit of a distance there. And Merkel's like, no, bring it in, bring it further. I'm looking like, are you effing kidding me, Merkel? Are you trying to kill me? Do you guys have, like, do you guys have, like, a ploy to kill me here? Like, what, what are you doing? You might have been closer to the track than the flagman at Chili Bowl. Oh, dude, I, I felt like Terry Mox out there. I felt like Terry. That was insane. And I was saying, like, it was so weird because, like, 
I'm out there as I'm waiting for like the 20th car to pass. I'm pulling this, and there I come. I see Mark and Freddie going in three. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get my ass hustling. <laughs> and by the way, the cross were in two wheel drive the entire night, so that's even more brownie points for me, big guy. Hey, I told you, if you bring out a yellow because your slipper falls off, that's it. I'm done with you. <laughs> that'd, be the, that'd be the greatest yellow flying in the world. I would never hear the end of it. I had to laugh, though. You know, we've worked so hard at getting the dust down over the past couple of years with the new clay, and it's great. And in the initial start, there goes Davey Frannick down through the infield and cuts across. And Gordon, too. I think Gordon went through the infield, too. And I'm like, I look back at three and four coming for the first lap, and there's this big puff of smoke, and I'm like, you know, we tried so hard for the last four years to get rid of this, and now you guys are just creating it all on your own. <laughs> hey, you gotta go where, gotta go where they ain't, buddy. Gotta go where they ain't. But I, I also said too, I said, yeah, I haven't seen. I, I say this every week. It seems like every time I'm on a big diamond, it's getting wider. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. I thought when we were market, Mark even said this too last night to me. He said, you know, the surface is pretty similar. When we were there with the URC back in July, which that's a great thing because that was a great surface. And then you gotta look at it. I thought the Super Dirt Show. That proved a lot, too. When he ran the first 65 laps of that race with two lanes there before it finally started to rubber up, which it's going to happen in a long-distance race. Yep. It's going to rubber yep. up eventually. But to run 65 laps yeah. with that last 10 laps rubber down, like that's that's fantastic. And then, uh, to see Big Diamond that wide and have that cushion it did, this is showing that Big Diamond has potential, and I knew it always had potential. And now that you guys got the new clay on there, and Jake and everyone's up there working their asses off to get it working right and show that, you know, Big Diamond's a threat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We ain't no slouches. We want things like everyone else does, and we're going to do what we have to do to put ourselves in position to get them, and that's all that we that's all that we drive for right now. So we're, The only thing that they had to say was the lighting. Yeah. Now, hopefully that that's obviously that's something that can be fixed, and I think that, you know, with the crowd that Jake pulled in on on Friday night, it's definitely going to show. All right, let's put some let's uh, put some investment in here. Get the lighting better for every division, make it for safer. And who knows that little that little thing there with the lights that could help get an all star show there or help get a speed week show back there. Right. But there was a lot of impressed people on Friday night, from what I've heard. Yes. And that's the best thing. It didn't touch tires. I know a lot of guys were happy about that, especially with the whole tire situation going on. And it, it, those are the key things there. No, I was just saying, uh, and hats off to Timmy Buckwalder. You know, first, yeah, first, with Timmy. first 410 start, got himself in the redraw, had a little mishap getting into the back of Billy Dietrich there in the feature that spun him out. But uh, cars one piece, no Tommy tip over. And uh, he has a couple of more shows planned with that thing. He, listen, he almost won his heat. First night out in a win 410, and he almost won his heat. I got, so I'll be so I'll be honest with you. I talked to him last night about that, and uh, Timmy won't care if I tell everybody what he said. But he said, you know, he's never driven a wing car. He, he avoids them in six hundreds as well because it's just a, it's just a different kind of drive. And uh, he goes, you know, I was fast, and I got to the back of um, who was leading that heat race. That first heat was that Corey Haas. It might have been. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, it was. And uh, he said, I honestly didn't know how to get around him. He goes, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know where I was supposed to put the car that it's going to work. And um, when he spun out, when he got in the back of Billy Dietrich, that lapper or whatever, he said in a winged for in a wingless 410, that could have ended up a lot treacherous. Yes. So he was, he was thankful that he had a wing on it. And uh, he's looking forward to it. He is. Yeah. 
you know, what was that you and I or me, you and Dino, or me and Dino were talking about that, uh, how I wasn't expecting much out of Buckwalder on uh, Friday night because of his first time with a wing 410 on. And the boy surprised me. He really did. Good on Timmy. I mean, he showed that he's a jack of all trades with the, that we don't have anymore. I mean, he's kind of, it's kind of the way like Fred, you know, where Fred could go from modified to a spring car. And, you know, but this boy can do a wingless car as well, not just a wing car. He reminds me a lot of Brian. He does. Yeah, uh, yes. His ability, I, I that. his ability to just hop in something, figure it out quicker than most, and not destroy it. You know, I yeah. said I said he could run a horse and buggy race on Friday and probably be in contention to win, and he's never driven a horse and buggy. Oh, isn't he from, like, the rain area or something like that? Uh, the Amish are down there. Nah, he, he's not out Lancaster. He's down towards Pottstown, so not quite. Hey, so, hey listen, you're close. Yeah, listen, you're close, close. up there in that Pottstown area to go down to, go down to Reading. Close. So down to Lancaster, so. <laughs> but, no, I appreciate you coming on, giving us a nice little recap. And uh, go enjoy yourself at Knobles. Will do, yeah. I'm taking my mom up. We're going to go see our uh, good band that we love to see, the Mahoney Brothers. We haven't seen them in a couple of years. And uh, they're, they're a fun little band. They do a lot of different uh, covers of, like, Neil Diamond and the Beach Boys. And they've been doing Jimmy Buffett, Willie Nelson. Oh, cool. they're real, they're, oh, yeah, they're a fun band. And they do perfect. I mean, they, even, like, Elvis impersonators. Like, they're better than most Elvis impersonators out there. Oh, they, cool. they do a phenomenal job up here. So we're going to do that for today. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me on, as always. If you, you, know, you always don't give me a call if you ever need anything. And thank you for uh, this weekend, bro. We had a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we can do it again. Hopefully a couple more times, actually. That'd be cool. Yeah, where are you off to this upcoming weekend? We'll see where we'll see where the weekend takes us. I think maybe Friday night, maybe go down to uh, the Grove for the Billy uh, Billy Kimmel because I always support the Kimmels. They've been just phenomenal people to get to know on Bear Hill. And uh, Saturday night, we'll see where we go. Saturday night, not sure if we'll go anywhere Saturday night or I don't know. Maybe we might take a trip up to New York on Saturday night. We'll I see think what happens. I think that's where I'm headed Saturday night. Utica. I Utica's think it's not a bad place. Yeah, if I don't stop in Middletown, I think it, I think I may end up in yeah, Utica. That's something. That's not. That's not a bad. That's not a. That's not a bad trip there. It's we'll, a pos- we'll, we'll, we'll go harass our, we'll our buddy Chris and tell him that you know Sprint Cars are the modifieds. I'm sure he'll love that one. Yeah, DOTM. That's what I call him. So. Uh, <laughs> all right, bud. Have fun, and uh, I'll catch up with you later on. All right, Casey. We'll talk to you later, man. Bye.